What's going on, coaches? Hopefully everyone is having a good week so far. Uh, our newest episode of RTP Install on RTP Premium is now up. Coach Walls goes over our sale concept, how to install that, uh, what to look for, all the finer points of sale. Uh, all is up now on our website, runthepower.com. Again, that's on RTP Premium, which is only 12 bucks a month or $10 a month if you buy it for the year. Uh, we've got seven different series up. Uh, and his newest episode of RTP Install is now up over sale, but you can go look at all of our new episodes on all of our series all over at runthepower.com, and that's on RTP Premium. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Guardian Caps. Do you have linemen? Are their helmets getting scuffed up during inside run period? If so, there's a way to protect those shells and reduce the repetitive blows your guys are taking during the week. Guardian Caps reduces 20 to 33% of the impact, really focusing on those big guys in the trenches, like we coach. Worn by Clemson, Texas, Oklahoma, Washington, Virginia, 150 other colleges, and over 1,500 high schools across the country, including mine at Broken Arrow and Coach Walls in Ankeny. They are currently running an early bird promo. It's an unbelievable uh, price for them right now. 40 caps for $2,000 uh, with 10 of them for free, plus 10 free. You get 10 free ones as well. Check them out in our free show uh, in our show notes or go to guardiansports.com/football. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by our guys over at Just Play. The team at Just Play hooked us up with their product as you guys know, uh, and it's been a game changer for us. If you've seen us on Twitter or uh, have talked to us about this at all. We obviously especially love the playbook tools that allow us to create our favorite blocking schemes as you guys know, power, counter, inside zone, pin and pull. Uh, and formations so we can save time and be more productive. That's the biggest part. Saves time on defenses, saves time on, on inputting offensive uh, formations, and then easy to draw the play out. Just Play is a limited time offer for RTP listeners only. Get my Just Play Pro for $120, which is an unbelievable $60 off the normal list price. Uh, this offer has been extended uh, and won't last forever. You can get this deal at JustPlaySolutions.com RTP. The best playbook tool on the market at JustPlaySolutions.com slash RTP. Don't wait. Go do it today. On this episode of RTP, we talk with Davis Webb. Davis is currently playing quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. Listen as we talk with Davis about the NFL and air raid coaches he has learned from and played for, including Cliff Kingsbury, Jake Spavital, Sonny Dykes, Ben McAdoo, and Brian Dable. Davis also dishes on the roles of different quarterbacks in a room, his favorite concepts and plays, and how to better lead your offensive line and offense. You can follow Davis on Twitter at Davis underscore Web 5. Hope you guys enjoy. We have two hours of meetings, four days a week, so it's not too bad. Are those are those meetings? Did those have to be done uh, over Zoom as well, or could yeah, those be in person? Yeah, uh, we did Zoom. We did a good job the last month or so. We mixed it up on Thursdays. We kind of played Jeopardy on Thursdays. Kind of <laughs> what, what we got in protections, uh, signals, the routes, the, all that good stuff. So that was fun. Now, was was any of that? You you kind of mentioned um, your dad being a high school coach. Is any of that stuff that that you could? Maybe not what you guys are doing, but how you guys were doing it. Is in, did you guys um, – did you send any of that down to him? Hey, look, we're doing, like you said, a Jeopardy thing on Thursday. We're doing uh, this way to, to learn, you know, the playbook or get the rookies in and, and get them, you know, figuring some stuff out. Is that some stuff that you sent down to him and that he used? Or um, it, what did it not really translate? No, I think uh, – I think I've always kind of sent plays or ideas to him since I was like six. So we, we, right. we have a pretty good, we have a pretty good two way street on that one. He doesn't, he doesn't really bother me with anything. Cause as soon as I left high school, he was like, listen, you know, Cliff is your head coach. Eric Marsh is your OC. I'm done coaching you. It's, it's their job. I'm just going to be your dad. And he's done a really good job of that in my opinion. Cause you know, some dads are a little over the top. Whenever I talk to him, it's, it's usually him being my sports psychologist, you know, that's awesome. How, football wise. 
how did you was that something that you enjoyed getting to play for your dad I think we got a lot of coaches on here uh, that we've done a ton of episodes but we've got a lot of coaches on here and, and a lot of them obviously that are our parents and and their kids you know mine is is just turned seven but he's eventually going to come up and want to play and we've got some dads that are like hey we've got to be on the other side of the ball than my kid and there's some dads that are like no we, we get along really well and and we're on the same side of the ball and then we've got like our head coach that you know him and his his, his oldest son got along really well, um, player coach, and could leave it away. And then him and his, his younger son, uh, they, had, they, were, they were far apart and couldn't talk any football once they got home. Uh, was that like a, a beneficial experience for you? Were you guys on the, the same side of the ball uh, when you were going through high school? Yeah, so Kevin Atkinson, I went to two high schools. Uh, I went to Keller High School first for three years, and Kevin Atkinson was the head coach. My dad was the offensive coordinator. So um, my first three years at Keller, I mean, we, we definitely went back and forth a few times, <laughs> but it was <laughs> definitely bet. beneficial. I mean, 100%. However, you know, um, I think um, I got, he told me early on when I was probably, I want to say in middle school, my first year playing football was in seventh grade. I think the first thing he told me was you either be the best one or the worst one because you're not playing if you're in the middle because I'm not dealing with parents or uh, your teammates saying you're only playing because you're the coach's kid. So you better, either be, better be the best one or the worst one. So I kind of <laughs> took that to heart and, and tried to be one of the better ones. But my senior year was fun. We moved to Prosper, and he was the uh, assistant offensive coordinator at Prosper High School. Um, got a new job, and we, we moved as a family, and that, that was a whole bunch of fun. Uh, we had a good team. And um, the first three years, though, we went back and forth a few times. But, it was it, you know, talking about seven-on-seven seven at the dinner table or something. But um, – it was definitely, definitely awesome. Davis, can you talk a little bit about, I mean, you've, you've said it, you've, you know, dad moves around, gets different jobs, you're, you know, having to meet new people, play at different places. And then, you know, college, same deal. You know, you go to a college, you, you go to someplace else at Cal, and then now you're in the NFL and, you know, you hope you can land someplace. But, you know, the, the reality of it, you know, when you're a quarterback, it seems like, you know, you kind of go where the, the job's needed. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, maybe – having to move around and, and do different things in different cities and different places? Yeah. Um, growing up, I moved around a little bit. I think, um, let me think, it's Colleyville High School, Heritage, uh, Waxahachie, Keller. So about four high schools, really, um, that my dad coached at growing up. So I was, I was a ball boy. I got to, you know, my favorite players growing up. Everybody says, like, um, you know, your favorite player was, uh, you know, Tony Romo or, which I love Tony, but my favorite players growing up were like kind of my dad's players, you know, mm -hmm. like yeah. Colton Kane, Boomer Collins, and I can go on and on about my, my dad's players. And I kind of looked up to them my whole life. Um, so moving around was kind of, was kind of fun to me. You get to meet new people and have new friends. Uh, the bad part was leaving them and then meeting new ones and having, and having new uh, relationships with people. And then uh, I thought I ended that when I went to college, but I had to uh, go ahead and, and transfer my senior year to Cal Berkeley. That was awesome. I went from Lubbock, um, being around so many great teammates there, going to Cal, meeting so many great teammates, coaches there. And, um, you know, it's my fourth year in the NFL now. I've, I've been around six head coaches, six GMs, five different offenses, and three different organizations. So um, I'm very, I'm very uh, used to that, uh, not being the norm. That's kind of my norm. So uh, I enjoy it. Uh, this is the first year I get to have the same head coach, same GM, and same offense going back-to-back -back years. So I'm fired up, just kind of continue to learn and uh, build off the foundation I had from last year. I was going to say, if, if, if coaching is, is what you're you know, looking forward to eventually uh, down the road, 15, 20 years, um, having all those different coaches uh, will could, didn't do nothing but help, I would assume. Um, I, I was at Houston. I had four different offensive line coaches, and – and it was, you know, kind of brutal the four years I was there. But as I became a coach, I got to steal and pick and choose from all of my different experiences. And I know, at least as a coach, it helped me out a ton. 100%. As a player, you got to look at the positives. And, um, you know, you get to learn so much new knowledge from different areas. Like, uh, you know, when whenever Ben McAdoo was my head coach, you know, he just coached Aaron Rodgers. I had Eli Manning there. And then the next guy was Pat Shermer. He just came from Minnesota had Case Kim had one of his better years in the NFL with him. And then you have um, Jerry Bates and then you have Adam Gase was with Peyton Manning, Brian Dayball was with Tom Brady forever. So um, it's definitely cool 
uh, from a player's perspective, but I do want to coach down the road. Like you said, hopefully it's down the road a little bit. Hopefully I can stick around in Buffalo and hang out with these guys because I really do enjoy um, the Bills organization. Um, but I definitely will be coaching um, when that's done, hopefully a while from now. Yeah, and, and you mentioned, you know, a few names that, that pop up in my mind that I was around was, you know, Cliff and and Morris and um, and probably Spav. It was Spav at Cal when you were there? Yeah, Jake. Jake was there. I know Zach um, when he was at Tech. Uh, was Lee Hayes at Houston? By Lee Hayes, yep. He was my, yeah, he was my sophomore my offensive line coach. He was yeah. my favorite offensive line coach probably. I've had, oh like I said, I had four, but he was a different guy, but I probably took the most from him. Um, on, honestly, you know, he was a little rough around the edges, um, <laughs> oh, yeah. but, but was one of the few as a line, as a lineman that you felt actually cared about you a little bit. You oh know? my goodness. I know he's, they always the sell best. you on that. They always sell you on that in college about caring for you. And, you know, by about my second year, I, I kind of found out most of the time that's not true. Uh, but, but he was rough around the edges, but seemed to actually care and, and probably taught me the most life lessons of, of any of the, uh, you know, college coaches that I was around. He's definitely in my top three favorite O-line coaches. I have to say that because I know you guys had Brandon Jones on a couple weeks ago, and that is <laughs> yeah. also my guy. So I'm going to be politically correct on that one. But uh, Lee is unbelievable. Um, like you said, he cares for his players. Whenever I was with him, I was a freshman playing, and um, he was very good to me. And then my senior year, I got the pleasure to go with Brandon Jones, and he was he's the best X's and O's office lineman I had in college, and he is he is a special dude. And, and so the cool part to me is, and, and I think it's probably just with coaches right now, but, you know, obviously RPOs are, are really big right now in, in high school football. It's finally, you know, trickling down from college down now to um, high school. And then obviously it's in the NFL or it's been in the NFL, however people look at it. But um, those guys, at least when I was at Houston, like with Cliff, when we had Case at Houston, we didn't call them RPOs, but we had a type of RPO every play. I mean, if we're running, I forget what it was, five twelve. We're running inside zone. If if the box wasn't what we wanted it to be, case when we'd have no idea, uh, would flash the signal out to the receivers and and throw it out there if we didn't like the box. And so it's kind of a, a interesting, you know, talking to you because that's probably something that you've done, maybe even in high school, but for sure your whole college experience. I mean, that's been something that you guys, I would assume, were taught to look at from from day one. Yeah, I mean, I've been blessed to be around Cliff, who's obviously done a lot, has a lot of success, and um, Jake Spavadol and Sonny Dykes at Cal, where they trained the quarterback um, the right way, in my opinion, but that's the only way I knew. And when I get to meet all these new quarterbacks that come into the league and I get to close with them and kind of talk what they did in college, I'm like, man, <laughs> you know, you guys had some good stuff, but, I mean, I was, I was spoiled, you know, because – we, we were going over this stuff as a freshman and you guys are some of the, some of the guys, you know, just right, wrong or indifferent. They used to have the exposure that Cliff had being around Dana and the New England Patriots and um, with Jake being around Dana forever and kind of branching off and being around Kevin someone. I mean, I, I, I get to kind of steal from their knowledge. I understand, Hey, if we are running five twelve five thirteen, and you don't like the box, you can pop it and um, make it a six man protection and throw it down the field or you can, flash a signal and steal six yards because Cliff's biggest saying uh, in college was if we're not moving backwards we're not going to be stopped so as long as we're moving forward um, and just chipping away and chopping wood then things are going to be okay. Well and that's what was crazy it's been crazy to me forever is is for a long time the NFL looked down on all all of his quarterbacks and now I mean you, you look at the NFL and you know, uh, he's got a, a ton of them, not just him, but, you know, they, they say it was a system-style quarterback, but all of you guys that have played in that type of system are stuck in the NFL. I mean, there's so many of them, and now it's kind of um, probably with, with you know, Mahomes and, and some of those guys is and, and you and even Case and, you know, has now become probably not as big of a negative, but there for a long time it was really affecting guys' draft, you know, status. Where, you know, in all reality, like you said, you guys were at, at parts of your game miles above some of these pro-style college quarterbacks. Yeah, but even in case, too, those pro-style quarterbacks are in the system. They understand uh, fronts and mic points and type of NFL protection. So, I mean, it's, it's give and take. It's a two-way street. Uh, but in the air raid, you're going to throw it 52 times a game. So, I mean, 
you know, you're throwing in the drop eight covers and drop nine against Stanford my senior year. I'll never, never forget that. I don't know if they busted or <laughs> something. Um, I mean, just, you just don't, you're throwing it every play. So, you know, you get that and it's a throwing league in the NFL. Like you have to run to win, but it's a throwing league. And I think just having the benefit of throwing routes on air 30 minutes every day and throwing seven on seven and throwing passes in the game 50 times a game. And that gives you a lot of reps and, you know, some of the air raid uh, passing concepts are trickling up and along with one of the coaches that was in it. So I think it's just, uh, it's a good time to be an air raid quarterback. I mean, you mentioned Pat, obviously he's having a, a lot of success, uh, but you got Baker who was in the same room with me as a freshman, uh, obviously number one overall pick, has a trophy winner. I mean, unbelievable career and still going. Yeah, he's going to have some, some success this year in Cleveland, I think. And then I saw Kyler Murray last week and, it was kind of interesting to talk to him about, you know, Cliff stuff and at Arizona and how it compares to what he did in college. And, um, you know, Jalen Hurd just got drafted with Lincoln. I mean, Will Greer and Carolina. There's a lot of guys that are uh, benefiting from, uh, from uh, great coaches. You talk about those great coaches. You know, one of the questions I had, you know, kind of coming into this was, you know, talk a little bit about the, the communication and, and input maybe you guys have for game planning. I mean, I think, that's always one of the probably more glazed over aspects, especially if you're in a passing offense, you know, there's a lot of coaches that maybe kind of want to have that control, but then I think a lot of the best ones are guys that are asking you, you know, Davis, what do you like? You know, what are your favorite plays this week? I think you can really, really build that relationship one with your coach and your QB. And I think it also takes that offense to the next level. No doubt. I mean, I think the first thing is you got to have trust there, right? You got to, show the coaches that you're putting in the work and that you are applying yourself to understand what we're trying to do as an offense, you know, who, who's our playmakers, where are our matchups at and kind of knowing ends it out of the offense. And then I think you do have that leeway of, Hey coach, you know, I'm not a big fan of this, this week, you know, as opposed to other weeks. And um, you guys can take it out obviously and put something else in, or you can just get rid of the play completely. Um, but I think if a quarterback is uncomfortable running a play, um, you know, you could say this is biased, but I, am, I haven't played in three years, and I still believe this. Um, whenever If Josh Allen, our quarterback right now, does not like a play, we're going to take it out. If Sam Darrell didn't like a play, we're going to take it out. If Eli Mann didn't like a play, we're going to take it out. Because those guys, at the end of the day, are the ones calling the shots, throwing the football. You know, you can call it. You can, you can scheme it up. You can do whatever you want. But if your quarterback's not comfortable, I mean, what are we doing here, guys? You know? <laughs> so, and you're in the huddle in the NFL and in college, obviously you're signaling it out, but you got to be able, in my opinion, when you're calling a play is to sell the play to the, to the, to the other 10 guys in the huddle. And if you don't like that play, you know, mentally, it's going to be hard to sell it um, and physically and verbally to those other 10 guys to get on the same page with you. Yeah. that That's something that, you know, I, I don't think is probably talked about enough um, is, you know, you got to build the relationship first, but having things that your quarterbacks like is so important. Even as an offensive lineman, we had um, uh, the, the diamond package um, and, and they brought it in, I think, from Oklahoma State or whatever. And so we're air raid, but we got this diamond package in the backfield and they had a couple plays off of it. And I absolutely hated it up front. And I think all the offensive linemen did just because it just, I don't know, it was just, we didn't like it. And it just you, do, you, you just don't three play guys as back well. There. I mean, the box That's is right. pretty heavy. You got a heavy box, but three guys, yeah. back, none of them could block. I mean, they didn't have like two fullbacks back there. Deep. It was <laughs> yeah, it was it was three <laughs> receivers back there. We're like, yeah. geez, well, I mean, what are you supposed to do? But but you didn't like it. It just it was hard to execute it really well if you weren't bought into it. So I can only imagine uh, when you're a quarterback sitting back there, um, and it's something that you don't feel comfortable throwing or reading out. Uh, a certain week or ever, uh, it would be a hard sell to to everyone in the huddle, like you said. And it's not just not the quarterbacks. I mean, we have an offense coordinator in Buffalo who does an unbelievable job, better than anyone I've ever seen, of just understanding and listening to players. If the offense lineman does not like this, okay, well, why? And we'll figure it out. We'll change something or we'll add something to off of it. You know, I think um, the more you are player friendly and understanding that those guys are the 11 trying to execute you know, your picture, um, that's the bottom line. They have to be, be able to go out there and not every play has to be a breather play. When I, when I say breather play, I, don't, I mean like outside zone, like B Jones is fair plays outside zone. 
Like we're gonna run that. Don't care if you don't like it or not. But if if not, we're not a trap. We're not a trap or a power team. Well, we might add it in one week. The old line doesn't like it. Hey, we can keep running outside zone until the cows come up. All right. Well, let's keep doing it. Davis, a question for you. You know, you hear some guys talk about you know protections. So some guys are like, yeah, I want to I want to max protect. You know, my QB. I'm gonna leave tight ends in. I'm gonna leave running backs in, and and we're gonna you know take shots, throw it down the field. We should quote be protected, right? Or you have the other guys who are like, you know what, I'm going to go five-man protection, I'm going to go five wide, and now it's kind of on the QB. He can choose his protection, he can choose some of his concepts, he can go with the ball where it may be. Where do you kind of find yourself maybe being like the most comfortable? Do you kind of want to be the dude in charge, or it's like, you know what, I want to chuck it down the field and have some protection? You know, where do you kind of lie when it, when it comes to that? You know, in college, you know, we just didn't spend a ton of time in the protection game, you know, mm-hmm. or – it was more, hey, let's get five guys out. Let's really stress the defense. You know, in, in college, the hashes are so wide, and it makes the field. I know the field's fifty-three to third. Trust me. However, it makes the game totally different. And then you get in the NFL, and basically the hashes are the goalpost, and the numbers are twelve yards from the sideline, two yards in depth. So I mean, everything's different. Everything's tighter together. You're in the middle of the field the whole time. So you have to understand that the schemes in the in the NFL are defense co- coordinators aren't going home. You know, they're, they're, they're up there all night, scheming protections up, understanding your protections and what, what kind of system your offensive line coach came from, your coordinator came from, what's given them troubles in the past because NFL film can go back, you know, 100, 100 years. So I think being around Eli my rookie year and understanding, you know, the ins and outs of protections because uh, they were in the fourth year of that system and I was walking in on it. So I was, you know, four miles behind. So just kind of understanding the love, and I am, that's my favorite part of football right now, and it has been since my rookie year, is the X's and O's and figuring out how to be protected and how to get guys out and understanding when you move a mic point or a protection point, where is your issue? It might not be, hey, I picked it up. Well, if you're maxed up, your D end is one-on-one with the tight end. So that's not really ideal. So understanding the whole ins and outs of it. I, I just, I find it so um, exciting and exhilarating just to uh, go over protections and understand where your problems are and how to best either check a play or get yourself out of a bad play. Check, check yourself in a good play, get yourself out of a bad play. Now, is that something you think could be done with a college quarterback or is that just something that, that, you guys have picked up because it is your job and you guys spend so much time on it as, as an NFL quarterback. You know, you, that's what you do. Your job is, you know, to play quarterback where in college you've got, you know, a few other things, um, you know, going on with class and, and different things, study hall and different things. Can a college quarterback get to that point or do you think it's something that really needs to happen at the next level? No, general? I think absolutely it can. I am all in on that idea of the college quarterback doing that kind of stuff. But it comes down to what's your philosophy. Like, you know, Cliff, I mean, we're going to try to run 100 plays. So if you're if you're spending, you know, 25 seconds at the line of scrimmage trying to get yourself in the best protection, we could have ran three more plays, you know. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's your philosophy. Like in the NFL, yes, teams are using more tempo and the play clock's different. Get out of bounds. The clock is technically going to start running in a few seconds. I mean, it's just different. Um, where in college you want to go, 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 some guys' philosophy. Some guys, they want to huddle it up and mix it up, which I think that's where your quarterback can be um, very good in the protection game. Uh, but I don't think you need to put too much on the quarterback. That's my biggest belief. I think if you have a center that is good at the mic points, understands the protections, understands what we're trying to do, that is the most valuable part of your offense it's about building inside out and that starts with the center and the two guards and then you work from there so is that how you guys did it when you were in college uh flip protections or or pointed out protections because I think you know even even we had case and it was his seemed like his eighth year in college Um, (laughs) it was still it was still on our center um even then which I'm sure he was smart enough to do it but um you know in that in that offense you guys are signaling everything and you're telling the line what to do and I'm sure you know reading defenses uh so was that something even as you got you know into your junior senior year that they still gave to the offensive line yeah I think uh definitely at Tech I mean 
we had a guy that started four years in Jared Caster. He's a offensive line coach at Houston Baptist right now. Um, unbelievable mind, very smart, understands the game. So, I mean, he was great at getting it done, getting it quickly so I could snap it. However, if I saw pressure away, we could easily flip, flip, flip it. He remike it, we snap it that fast, that efficient. And Lee uh, Hayes did a great job of doing our blitz pickups on Thursdays and in the end zone when our special teams was going on, a kickoff or something. I don't think any hog mollies was running on kickoff. So <laughs> hopefully not. we were, yeah, exactly. We were down there just dicing it up, trying to get on the same page. And then at Cal, we did the same thing with D Jones. And uh, obviously when you get in the NFL, you spend a, a little bit more time on protections in particular third down. And um, cause, cause guys can get pretty crazy with their third down schemes. <laughs> I bet. So, so is that something that you found a benefit to just being in on blitz pickup? I don't think that, uh, you know, I can't remember if our quarterbacks ever were in college and, and I don't think we do in high school. Is that something that you, um, even without receivers, that you want to be in during blitz pickup or uh, only when you guys have receivers out there? I think it's great, too. If, you know, if, let's say you got 10 reps and, you know, the one's going to get probably majority of those, correct? So you're, whenever the backup gets the last two or three, make, it, make the quarterback play running back. And if it's hmm. a six-man protection, go through it. I want you to understand exactly what's going on. Or if it's a walkthrough and you got four guys in a room, okay, well, the coach will be the center or the guard, and the other four guys are playing O-line and understand where you're going, where you're going with the starters playing quarterback, you know. So I think just having to walk through it and mentally see the challenge, you know, say, hey, flip, 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 half of a go and snapping it that fast. I mean, hey, they got to re-mic it still. So, hey, flip, flip. Okay, Mike's left. Okay, count. Set hot. You know, so I think just being in, being able to put yourself in other people's shoes and understand their job description is vastly different than yours, but it's still a job and it's very, very important for you not getting hit. So making sure you put yourself in their shoes and understand that everybody, I mean, football is the ultimate team game. You need those guys to, to get receivers an extra step on DBs. You need them to open up a, a hole for your running back or if you're a fast quarterback, uh, let you run through it. I like that idea. I've seen it at a couple of college practices too, where, you know, you have five or six guys in the room and they'll actually, like you said, you know, have the normal QB, the guy at running back, and then they use the other guys. They actually put them on defense too. So they understand, understand the blitz, understand the look, you know, and, and the coach would even kind of put them on the spot. Like, Hey, you know, what's their number one blitz. I want you guys to line up in it. You know, what's the coverage behind it. I thought that was fascinating because the same thing. I mean, I'm still getting the rep because I'm having to think about, all the things that the defense is presenting me. Yeah, and like Josh Allen right now is our starter, and that ain't going to change. He's like, dang, dang good. So what I have to do is kind of play the other quarterbacks, which I wasn't used to in college, like all these guys are. You know, like you're the guy in college, and then you get in the NFL, you know, they have a starter or they have a guy they believe in, and you have to, number one, help the starter succeed, and number two, make sure you're on your A game because you never know when your day is done. So during the season, I mean – Quarterbacks watch film more than anybody in theory, uh, you should. So whenever we're on scout team, I might have to go play the nickel or the safety because I've seen what they do. I know what the look we're looking for. I, I'm, I might be a 6'5", lanky, uh, not the fastest guy in the world, safety. However, <laughs> I know exactly what look they want. I'm going to give it to them, right, wrong, or different. And that's, uh, that's fun for me. Then I know as a quarterback, that's what I would want if I was the, the starter, as a guy that wants to – give the, the start of the best look possible because we're all here to help them succeed. So, so Davis, obviously you've been into, you know, like we talked about, you come into a, a bunch of new situations, whether it be high school or college or now in the NFL, you know, you come to a new, new program. Um, and, and especially in high school and college, you know, they're looking for you to, to be the quarterback and, you know, the quarterback and the leader probably on the team. Uh, what are some, what, did, what were your thoughts going into a new program when, you know, you've, you've got to be the quarterback and, you know, at every program, the quarterback is supposed to be the leader and, and the captain and the, all of that. What were some things that you tried to do or um, was it off the field that you tried to do or, or how did you go about trying to get that respect or, or show that you were worthy of that and, and do that in such a short amount of time and then be expected to play, you know, uh, that year? You know, I never really thought of it too much as you had to be that. I just think, 
you know, I was raised the right way. And, you know, my dad always told me, you better, you better be the hardest worker and the best teammate. That's the two things you can control. So I just thought of it as doing right, to be mm -hmm. honest with you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like every day I try to sit with somebody new and, um, you know, I, to be honest with you in college, I was a, me and Baker Mayfield was switching off as freshmen and we were playing with guys that were, you know, 20, 21, 22 years old and we're 18. Mm -hmm. I wasn't the nicest guy at times. I was very demanding. I, I didn't, I, I didn't uh, approach the situation as, Hey, I'm the puppy. I'm the, I'm the freshman on the block. I approached it like, this is what's going to happen. This is how we're going to roll. And at times I, I did stuff that I probably would have do uh, now that what I know being 25, but at the time I felt like that's what I need to do to get their attention and make them um, understand that I'm serious and I'm 18. I understand that this is my first year playing, but we're all in this together and I'm the one calling the play, you know, and then you move on to Cal. We had a ton of freshmen playing at the time. I think we had six freshman receivers, uh, freshman O-line, a lot of freshmen on defense. So, you had to be a little tough at times and kind of get them going. But some guys don't react well to that. Like I thought with a guy in Dallas who went to Cal with Jordan Duncan, I never had to get on Jordan. And I knew that uh, he always did the right thing. However, he did something wrong. I knew I couldn't go after him. I had to go bring him aside and be a little one-on-one -on -one and just under make him understand where I was coming from. And some guys like Jordan Abizi at Cal, he'll fight back at you. So he likes that kind of stuff. And that makes him play harder. Chad Hansen was that way. Um, Eric Ward, Jason Morrow, Bradley Marquez was that way. Um, so I was kind of that guy. And then I got the chance to be with around Eli Manning and um, see his leadership style. And that kind of, I would say, calmed me down quite a bit, just being around him mm -hmm. and seeing his leadership style and understanding that this is not college anymore, which I, I knew that going in. But when I saw him, that's when I was like, okay. This is how you have to approach these guys. These are grown men. They have kids. They have wives. Um, you know, this isn't um, college where, you know, you can do whatever you want at times. And uh, you have all the time in the world. You're 20 years old. You feel like you're on top of the world. This is the NFL. And this is how you have to approach grown men. So I think the biggest benefit was just learning leadership from him. That's super cool, man. Super, super cool to hear and kind of hear that, you know, that growth throughout um, – Davis, I'm interested to hear kind of like, you know, what are some of your, your go-to concepts? I mean, you talk about your favorite things to throw. You know, you, you get to check the offense. You get to check the plays. What are some concepts you're like, yep, that's Davis Webb. I'm throwing touchdowns with this. Yeah, I think um, anytime you throw a go ball, that's pretty fun, you know. So, I mean, nine, <laughs> ace 90 or ace 6 was the old air raid. Um, 95 or white cross, whatever you want to call those are the top two plays. Uh, that are favorites for me, 62 double scene. I mean, there's so many good plays in the air raid. Um, you know, I, I've been in a lot of offenses since then, and I think uh, my favorites has, has expanded. Would that be play action, throwing a big boy in, or throwing a big boy come back on the outside one-on-one? -on -one. Uh, but I think it comes down to who is your best receiver and what is he best at? That is the bottom line in the story. I mean, <laughs> um, like Chad Hansen at Cal, I mean, he, he, he was good at the, uh, the drought tree. He could do whatever he wanted. He was a, he was a redshirt junior. He's been around the block. That was his game. We had a true freshman All-American, Demetrius Robinson, who was still growing. He was raw, but no one could throw – no one could run a nine ball better than him. He was 4-3 speed. He could run a post. He could run a go. He could run a nine stop. And he could run a slant. And he was really, really good at that. So that's what I like to throw when I was throwing to him. So I just think it comes down to who's your guy, what are they good at, and let's try to find a happy medium there. How long does it take to kind of figure that out as far as, you know, that, that you know, I must call it like, you know, you just kind of almost know where the guy's going to be at. You know, how, how long does it take? How often are you throwing each week? You know, maybe you can talk about college, NFL, whatever it was, but how long did it take you to kind of build that? rapport build that relationship and really understand the ins and outs of that guy you're throwing to I think you know in college I think it's um in college it was a little harder just because I was so young and I was still learning I guess I still am learning but I was learning about kind of routes and what's a comeback why are they turning at 45 instead of just turning around and doing a trick down your stem why is it this way? And now it's my fifth offense in the NFL. I feel like I have a better understanding, not a great understanding, but a better understanding of routes and understanding, okay, this guy's really good at it because I've seen Odell run it. I've seen Stephon Diggs run it. 
and that guy's also good at it. So to me, I've got to see the pinnacle of routes and Odell on the outside, Cole Beasley on the inside, uh, Evan Ingram at tight end, Dawson Knox, John Brown, um, Stefan Diggs, um, Robbie Anderson. I mean, I, I've seen some really, really re- Brandon Marshall, some really, really good receivers at their best routes. And so that's kind of the standard I have when I see someone reach it or get close to it. That's when, you know, they're pretty good at that. And then timing wise, I think it's, if you're not the starter, I think it's beneficial to watch routes on there when the ones go, because sometimes you're on the other end with the running backs and the tight ends while they're the receivers. And that's kind of sometimes a slap in the face. I mean, let's not lie, <laughs> but you're down there and you're, you're taking it seriously. And you're trying to complete your reps. Well, Hey, how do the receivers do today? Let's go watch that for five, 10 minutes. If you can see, Oh man, that was a really good comeback. So you text them. Hey, that was a great comeback. Let's work on that once tomorrow, and then let's add this to your game. You know he wants a good comeback. You know his timing. You know he'll get his depth. If you just watch and you're not back there, you know, messing around, thinking about what you're going to have for dinner or something, if you're fully invested, you might learn something. And I think um, um, being around great coaches, just you, there's so much in football. You'll, you'll always learn. You'll never know it. You know, you'll never know it. So I think if you just watch something each and every play and try to benefit from it, you'll, you'll grow faster than you realize. Is that something in the NFL and, and even in college, how much do you watch film uh, with your wide receivers? I mean, is that something that's done um, a, a bunch? I, I know we had certain quarterbacks in college that did it a bunch. We had certain quarterbacks that seemed like they didn't do it as often. Is that, is that a really beneficial thing to be watching film with your wide receivers on your own um, or as a group, or is that something that, that you, you don't, you know, get into as much? Yeah, I think to be honest with you, when I, Cliff and I were watching um, hard knocks, he was at his place and I was at, I think my dorm and we saw Matt Ryan do it. I mean, he brought in the receivers like the day before the game. It was like a 15 play cut up and, um, just kind of what we're trying to do, what we're trying to attack, and kind of the last five plays are basically highlights of them just destroying them, another team doing it, you know. And we, Cliff kind of and I approach each other at the same time, like, oh, that'd be a great idea. You know, you're a sophomore now. These guys are about your age, a little younger. Let's kind of start doing that. So ever since then, I, I did it every week, and I still do it. Um, not because I'm not the starter. I usually now do it with my guys or if a starter – um, happens to uh, maybe not get a concept well I can bring him in and for 10 minutes and we can go over that and he'll know it by the by the end of 10 minutes um, and I think that's having uh, their approval of Eli which I did my rookie year Sam uh, my second year and Josh this year and last year was hey you know I'm here to help you so I know you can't you know, I need you to be ready so I need you to go watch the pressures I need you to understand what they're doing in the red zone the high red low red mid red I'll make sure your receivers get their depth. I'll make sure your receivers are on the same page with you because you know we're in the same meeting all day with the coaches. You know what's expected, and you know what I expect from them and what you expect them to do. So I can be a good buffer zone because coaches can't do it all. You have to take it upon yourself as a player because NFL, there's so many rules of meeting times, when you can, when you can't. Mm -hmm. So if you spend 15 minutes, like on Tuesdays, on 15 minutes with the running backs, uh, 15 minutes on Wednesday with the rookie O-lineman. And then on Monday and Thursdays, I'm with the receivers. And um, with, the, with, like, Stephon Diggs or Cole Beasley, that's kind of fun for me because I'm a huge fan of them. But I'm also huge fans of making sure our rookies are up to speed because it's a brand-new system. It's a Zoom quarantine offseason. So uh-huh. it's tough on them. But they have been unbelievable. And I just think if your backups and your twos and threes can help the starter, um, that's, that's huge. How much as a quarterback can can you feasibly remember – I don't want to say remember, but recall in a game, in a pressure situation, of all of the different cut-ups and percentages that coaches want to throw at you? I mean, as coaches, we want to break down this is what they do in the red zone, this is what they do out of these formations as a defense, this is what they do out of the, these, you know, in first quarter, in second quarter, in the third quarter, and this is – in the red zone, what they do to this formation, but it's different to this formation. How much that, that coaches throw at you, maybe in college, I'm sure you know, now you guys have a little bit more time, but in college or even in the NFL, how much of that can be remembered every single week when you're actually out there? How much of that can be processed 
when you're sitting back there getting ready to catch the ball? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. In my opinion, the practice should be the hard, way harder than the games. Like, that's a saying, but some people don't live by that. So, if it's third down and you're worried about long, medium, short, and you're breaking down percentage-wise, hey, on long, first of all, stay out of it. Second of all, this is what they do. <laughs> medium, they're one high zone. When you get lower, they're blitz one, you know. So, that's what they do, okay? But we have to alert two high zone versus medium. We got third and long, they're going to play three double cloud, third and short they have quarters where their safeties can get in the run fits. Okay, well, okay, that sounds good. But their oddball is blood zero. Okay, well, that's a lot to digest here. Let's make it simple. <laughs> so right. for practice, I mean, we're, you're throwing every curveball you have. No fastballs, curveball, curveball, screwball, knuckleball. You're making it as hard as you can on them. So you're thinking a bunch of quarterback on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, where, or Friday in our case, where you're like, holy cow, you know? This Tuesday for us is first, second down. Wednesday's third, or other way around. Wednesday's first, second down. Thursday's third, and Friday's red zone. So you're getting all these curveballs where you're like, man, I got to watch more film. I got to do this. I got to do that. And then on Saturday, you're like, okay, I got it. You know, practice is as hard as it possibly could be. Um, then you get in the game, you're like, man, are they going to do this pressure next? Because we're ready. You were thinking so much Wednesday through Friday, on mm. Sunday, you're just reacting. You're, 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 you have muscle memory. You, you've done, you know, walkthroughs. You've had meetings. You've done it at practice. Um, you should be confident. And you know they're going to have something on Sunday. Like, it's not going to be exactly what you think is going to happen. Like, they're going to have something. The, game's, the game is truly not played until they show you the other hand mm -hmm. from, a, from a quarterback chess perspective. So, you know it's going to happen. So, just rely on your training. React. and. You make adjustments on the sideline. You don't have to wait till halftime to make adjustment. That's a that's a big one. People try to do that and they get you beat. Already down. Um. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think, but actually, percentages. I mean, you, you try to make it as simple as possible. Like, you know, we have so many ways to call, call cover three. What you need to know it. Um, but if you can say, hey, beat one high zone. Okay, oh. that makes it a little better. Hey, beat two high zone. Okay, cover two quarters could it be two four four two yeah but simple simple does it too high zone you know where the hook defenders are you know where the flat defenders are you know they're too deep so mentally that that can help a quarterback as a young guy understand hey this is where we need to attack in two high zone this is where the weaknesses are this is the strengths this is why they're doing it and that makes you play a little faster in my opinion davis you brought up something you know earlier when you're talking about you know what what great receivers look like and, you know, you comparing them to other guys and you, you kind of know when you're throwing, I guess my question is, you know, is that something where you guys can, you know, bring people in, you know, be it free agents or be it, you know, guys that you potentially might draft. I know there's a limit to the number of visits, but is that something that you guys get to do to where you can, you can maybe throw with them or maybe it's off the record. Hey, I worked with this guy in Dallas one time and he runs this route like player X. You know, does any of that kind of go into it? Because to me, that would be, you know, something that's huge to know as a, as a personnel guy or as, you know, even a play caller. It's like, man, you know, hey, you want to get the next Odell. I threw with this guy. This guy runs these routes just like Odell. I think it's exactly what we're looking for. Coming from you guys, that carries a lot of weight. Yeah, I think uh, if you have the trust in your organization and they know how you work and your opinions, obviously that can, that can be beneficial. Um, though there is only a handful of Odell, so those are kind of hard to find. <laughs> but, I mean, our, I mean, so many scouts, I mean, that's what they do. You know, that's what they do all year. I mean, they, they have a pretty good idea what this player's about. But if, if you if, – for instance, I, there was a lot of cow guys that got drafted on defense. And they, they went uh, – Jalen Hawkins with the Falcons, Ashton Davis with the Jets, um, Evan Weaver went to the Cardinals. I mean – I think as a scout, and you just ask, hey, how was your former teammate? I think that goes a long way. And uh, great scout departments do that. And, you know, I think uh, the more pennies you can get, the the better um, estimation you can get on the player. Because, I mean, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it good, you know. So, obviously, it isn't. So, as many um, um, opinions and thoughts you can get as a scout, a GM, a player, um, the better you're going to be. Another question I got for you too, and again, I, I think it's always cool when we get guys that are that are still playing and we get a chance to ask them. But you know what? 
what's like your most memorable play, you know, as a QB, you know, I, I checked the play, I shredded a coverage or, you know, I knew, I knew I could get this DB. I think it's always kind of interesting to hear, you know, your favorite play and then maybe like the backstory behind how it came about. Oh man. Um, that is a good question. I would have to think about that. Um, I would say, you know, I think, you know, being with Jake Stavidal at Cal and just um, being the new guy and we, and I think in training camp, we put, a few new plays in either from other offenses or we had at tech um, and just kind of game planning with him throughout the the week against Texas. Whenever they were, I think they were 10th in the country. They were, they were rolling. It was like the third week of the season. Um, they beat a couple good teams. And um, we were talking about on the sideline, kind of just getting our best receiver, Chad Hansen, an opportunity to break, break, uh, break across. We've been running a bunch of fades and, and stops and nothing really inside. And it kind of came to that point. And it was a game winning, uh, throw. And so that was a lot of fun. Um, but I mean, nothing really hits my brain to be honest with you. I mean, I, I, mean, I can, against Oregon, I think we, we checked like 50% of the game. Like they just kept giving us like three man boxes. I mean, it was a laugher. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't, they were just daring us to run it. And, uh, that was a fun game. It was a double overtime game. That was fun. Um, had a couple checks for touchdowns in that game. I mean, whenever you do it a bunch, you don't really think about it too much. I mean, it's just kind of like if you trade the quarterback the right way, which those coaches did, and you have good players around you, it's like, how can we get these guys open? How can we put us, not me, us in a position? So um, I think once you get rid of that that solo mindset and you're understanding, hey, you know, this guy – Need, need, we need this guy to do this so we can be successful. Hey, I might need to take the L here. We might need to run the ball 50 times a game, whatever, as long as we win. As soon as you get in that mindset, I think life's a lot easier. Well, and, and the guys that you played for, the, the coolest part to me, you know, in college especially is, but the coolest part to me was they were never really scared to throw whatever they wanted to in, in any situation. Um, we played against Tulsa. Uh, to be the West, you know, Western Conference champions or whatever at Houston. Uh, and, and Coach Walls was actually at, at Tulsa at the time. And he always tells the story. We were – and he tells it better than me, even though he said it a few times, I forget it, and I was playing in it. But I was just at tackle and, and tells the story of it's, I think, fourth and two, and we end up getting into two tight ends and, and you know, case checks or, or Cliff ends up calling, you know, fourth and two and calls a, a go ball to Patrick Edwards and – and, uh, you know, we, we beat them deep. So, guys, just giving their quarterbacks the ability to go for it and, and not having, you know, a fear of, oh, it's fourth and two. We better get, you know, these few yards. Hey, it's all right. If, if, if the play's there, make the check to it, call it, uh, and let's go live with it and let's go, let's go big. <laughs> 100%. I mean, you guys had a squad, though. I mean, you had – Patrick Edwards, Tyron, Tyron Carrier, Bryce Bell, Case. I mean, you guys had some dudes that We year. did. Justin Johnson. But the Justin cool part Johnson. was the cool part was it was a bunch of guys that, you know, weren't highly recruited. You know, Patrick Edwards was a walk on, but was a was a track star. And and I've always thought that was really cool about that offense is you don't have to have, you know, four burners out there. You don't have to have four tall receivers out there. You you kind of have to have a mix. You got to have a big, you know, a, a big slot guy that can catch the ball, and you got to you need a speed guy that can burn everybody deep, and you need a a guy that's a track star that you know if you if you technically throw it to him, but you pitch it in front of you, he can take it and go eighty. Um, but they don't all have to be you know five star wide receivers for that offense to go. One hundred percent. I mean, I think that's I think that's why Hal and Mike started that at Valdosta State. You know, they they had the they had to go through that themselves, you know. And then you see guys like uh, Joe Brady this year who had a lot of air raid concepts. I mean, and they did have five stars, and they absolutely torched the record books. I mean, it was unbelievable what they did this year. Um, but I think the the biggest thing is having a coach that – I think Cliff's biggest thing was like, scare my don't make money. And, you know, <laughs> we're, going to, we're going to be very aggressive. And um, I think the biggest thing from him was – you know, instead of if I threw a pick on dull post versus quarters, you know, in the meeting room, be like, no, 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 that is on me. 
it, it, this is why we did it. This is what I told him to do. That pick is on me. Well, it wasn't on him. I don't want to throw the football. But for him to say that, I mean, I think that allows you to play a little freer and allow you to be aggressive, but not, I mean, con- not conservative, but aggressive, you know. And I think um, if your coach does that, I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty big. That's awesome. Really awesome. I, and I love what you said too about, you know, Hey, the, the three man box, I mean, and for you to get, to get jacked up, like, dude, they're giving me the three man box, the smart play, right. The, the right play here is for me to call inside zone or call gaps game or whatever. And we gash them, you know, you see guys in third down in the NFL and it's, it's two man and they're checking to one back power, you know, and, and it, it gashes it for a first down. I mean, to me, that right there talks, you know, not only about an unselfish guy, but it talks about a quarterback that's in complete control of what's going on and, and his ego's out of it. I think it's too understand, like, you're, like, you're the quarterback. If you're in the air raid system, you, you cannot have an ego because you do have so much freedom. Mm-hmm. I think the way they trained us was, hey, our, our job is to keep moving forward, like I said earlier. Like, it's not about your passing yard. That's going to come naturally because you're going to throw it that much. So don't try to chase it, you know. Just let it come to you. And I think if you go up to the old line too after seeing a couple three-man boxes, hey, that's not a slap in the face to uh, us and the receivers. It's a slap in the face to you. So what are we going to do about it? You know? <laughs> that's oh, right. Love it. And get them riled up. And so they push that, that nose a little three yards deeper and we're getting eight instead of four. So I think it's understanding who your guys are, what ticks them, and understanding that, hey, our job is to keep moving the ball forward. It's not – to scheme somebody up every single play it's about continuing to be consistently good which equals greatness now now obviously going from you know air aid in college so many benefits but probably the two things that I would assume are are tough for a quarterback to make the transition are pass protection like we talked about and then all of the different run checks it seems like that the NFL has and and you know I know being able to check two inside zone or whatever your one you know, one or two run plays are in college, you you know, quarterbacks are doing that. But it seems like in the NFL, I mean, you're checking from one run play to maybe three separate run plays if you have a kill and a, and a check on there or you're, you're killing it, you know, or you're oppositing it to the other side. How, how difficult was that? How long did that take for you to pick it up? I know you talked about, you know, kind of loving the X's and O's of it. So I'm assuming it didn't take you, you long, but – how how difficult is that to pick up that that run game and and all the checks and the kills and everything you have to look for even in the run game as an NFL quarterback? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing was you know like I said earlier, like when I walked into the room getting drafted to the Giants, it was the fourth year in the system. So, I mean, I had to get on my horse to kind of just get in the in the ballpark, and I was in the nosebleed sections where to understand exactly what we were trying to accomplish in the run game and the alerts or the check with me's or the, the built-ins. I mean, it was, it was tough because they were just so far ahead of me, but on the weekends, our quarterback coach did a great job meeting with me one-on-one and getting me up to speed where by week seven of the regular season, I mean, I was really, really on it. I mean, I, I felt great. I, I felt like I was in the middle of the ballpark. I wasn't, um, back there in the nosebleeds, barely getting in. I felt really, really good about it because I didn't get many reps. When I got drafted, they basically told me I was redshirted. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of – they were going to have a veteran back up and then let me kind of develop. So by week seven, we were like one and six. So they said, okay, you better start picking it up. And um, <laughs> that that's kind of what, what happened. So I had to get going pretty fast. But luckily, it kind of just naturally happened at that point. But I think it depends on who your quarterback is. I mean, we're talking about Eli Manning right now. I mean, that's – I mean, or not many people are as intelligent um, as Eli, you know, and they haven't had as many years as him. When I was with Sam as a rookie, it's not Sam's fault. It's just it was his rookie year. I mean, if you ask me to do that stuff, there's no way I could be able to do that. So we didn't have as much uh, checks and runs and stuff like that. We still had them, but it wasn't as much with Eli. And then your second year with Sam, okay, you have a little bit more. And then you get with Josh, his third year, okay, he's got a little bit more. I think it's just knowing where, who your quarterback is and how much he can handle. Because if, he, if he's playing slow, your offense is not going to be good. If he's playing fast, your offense is built to succeed. Now, now I think you see, you know, I, I watch the NFL and, and you see and you look on the sidelines and you see, you know, the, the quarterbacks that aren't starting uh, and they've got a headset on and they've got, you know, some type of an iPad or they've got papers and, and then you see the quarterback come off the field and, 
It's like the, the three quarterbacks sit there and they talk. What is the role of a backup, obviously other than being ready to go play, what is the role of a backup quarterback on a Sunday night when you guys are always talking in between? What are, what are you guys – what are you doing as a backup quarterback during the game? I think the best thing that's I think happened to me, one of the best things in my career was when Ben McAdoo told me the ro- roles of each quarterback um, throughout the week. So I was a third string guy my first few weeks before I got moved up. And um, so my role, role was to uh, make cutups for Eli on Monday. So when he walks in after the game on Sunday, he has a general idea of who we're playing, what the defense is versus these formations, how we're going to attack them. And he has a good foundation leading to the next day game plan. And then later that week, my job was a DB report where I would watch all their DBs, all the pass plays, what are they good at, what are they bad at, and show that. And then I would put together a protection meeting, um, cut-ups and stuff like that, which I'm a little different. Um, I, I do enjoy Exo Thunder Cloud, and I do enjoy making cut-ups and have my own hot folder. So <laughs> that, that stuff's fun to me. Um, not everybody does that, but just understanding that and understanding your role in the team and helping the starter succeed at three was awesome. And because you felt like you were, you were part of it, you know, you felt like you were part of his success. And whenever it didn't go your way as a team, you, you felt it. You felt it just as much as a starter. You're like, man, I got, I got to watch 15 more minutes. I got to watch five more minutes of this. I got to do two more plays. I got to do this. I got to do that. And that, that was so much fun just to be a part of that. And then you get promoted to the two. Um, which I was my first and second year. Um, and then this year I didn't have the opportunity to promote the two. But when you're the two, in my opinion, it's to get ready to play because you never know what's going to happen. It could be the first play or the last play. You better, be, you better be ready to play. So I think your three guy has to be able to kind of carry the load and help the coaches, in my opinion. And then on game day, it's just kind of like I said, the two guys got to be ready. So he's going through his reads on the sideline. Okay, he saw that. Okay, he jots a little note in his head or on the paper. Uh, remind remind the starter on that. The third guy's got to be taking notes on what the coverage was, what was the front, uh, was there any signals that you picked up on, was there any communication, um, did the safety dive down on this play, okay, well, we can come to this play, and you write all that down, and then you move on to the next play. And then once we score a touchdown, hopefully come to the sideline, you have those notes ready, and you just double-check it on the iPads, and you're able to give it to the coaches and the guys upstairs, and we're able to kind of talk about the adjustments for the next drive. Wow, that's that's actually, I mean, super fascinating and, and probably explains a lot of, you know, how you see a lot of the, you know, quote, backup quarterbacks who literally go on to be coordinators and QB coach. I mean, you see them all over the country right now. Yeah, was, some places aren't like that. You know, some places, you know, I remember my second year, like, ah, you don't have to, you don't have to write anything. We'll, we'll get it upstairs. I was like, yeah, I'll just write stuff for my own stuff. You know, if I can see something that, that, yeah. that, is that okay? Oh yeah, that's fine. By week three, it was, it was back to what I usually knew because they saw everything I wrote down. They trusted me. I gained their confidence. And so not everywhere, not everywhere is like that, but um, I enjoy that part of it. Cause I feel like if I can help the starter succeed, that's the number one goal. If you're the two or three, um, you're going to win the game. And I, I, there's no better feeling in, in a locker room than that after that and a victory Monday in the NFL. So if you're doing that, less likelihood for everybody to get fired. So that's, uh, that's always fun. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. Well, I, I, I never thought that, you know, a, a quarterback would be building the cutups. You know, I assumed uh, as much as the NFL pays and, and has so many different people in the organization, but um, who knows it better probably than the quarterbacks. And it's also, you know, making those guys, uh, or, or helping those guys that are normally young guys, I would assume, as, as the threes at third string, you know, kind of grow and, and develop, you know, helps with his development a ton, I would assume. Yeah, but don't get me wrong. These coaches are there all freaking day. I mean, we, we, watch, <laughs> I we watch plenty of cutouts. But we can't get through everything in that time slot because then you get in the fines and uh, you get in the rules, the NFLPA, the NFL, all that stuff. So uh, whenever your time is done – as a player to coach talk, then you have to have stuff gotcha. on the side or stuff like that. Cause coaches got to get ready for the next day. Like we're down first, second down, they're on third down the next, that, that, that later that night. So you have to make sure you have something for a first, second down so you can rewatch it and then get ready for third down the next day. So I think it's just knowing who you are as a person. Like if you're not into that kind of stuff, well, the coaches probably know that and they're gonna have to do a little bit. They're gonna have to do their stuff plus more. 
if you can show your coaches that, hey, you know, I can do this if, if you want me to. So you won't have to do too, too much, and I can help the guys. And, I mean, then you got a pretty good, pretty good, uh, pretty good bicycle rolling right there. I'm interested, too, to hear about, like, your DB report. I mean, obviously, NFL guys are all going to be really, really good. But, you know, what, what kind of detail? And, again, don't have to give it all away. But, you know, what are some things that you're kind of listing in your, your DB report each week for the starter? I think, you know, obviously, everybody wants to know about size and speed, right? Like, what's their 40? Okay, does that translate to the field? You know, like I saw, I remember one guy was like a 4740. I'm like, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to throw it over this guy's head. Then you watch the tape and like the percentages of him getting thrown over his head is like less than one. He just got great football speed. So, you know, you can look at the the basic numbers of a combine type profile, but that doesn't do it justice. You have to be able to go through the games. You kind of watch teams that are similar to your offense. Like if you're a West Coast team and you're in week 10, that's a lot easier because you, you, you've probably seen five or four West Coast teams. If you're a digit system team, you've probably seen four or five. If you're an air raid team, like Cliff's kind of like the only one, well, you got to really, really find some plays that are similar to yours and kind of your mm-hmm. game plan, uh, which just is just a little bit more work. You'll find them. It's just, you know, you just got to spend a little bit more time on that. Um, but earlier in the, in the year, like weeks one through three, that's the most fun for me is because you can kind of go back from last year and you can kind of look at the like the top five, biggest passing offenses uh, against them last year. Like they gave up 420 versus the Patriots. They gave up 390 versus the Jaguars, you know, 410 versus the Panthers. And you watch that and you're like, okay, well, there's two clips. I can put that there. And then you just throw it on your DB tape and you show, you know, 10 or 12 clips, um, probably three or four of them really good. And then, you know, you try to, you know, show a couple that are not so good and a couple neutral and just kind of give them an idea of who they are. Is there any tells? Um, who's the Waldo in the defense, who's giving it away, who's really good at disguising, who's good at run fits, who are we worried about in protections. I mean, you can go all day with that kind of stuff, and that's why it's one of the more fun things I do throughout the week. That's one of the, the things I love the most about talking to, to NFL guys or former NFL guys that we've had on is just how much, of a, how much personnel-based the NFL is, and I think that's something that, really easily me and and I would probably say a lot of high school coaches can get so far into scheme and forget how important you know the the personnel or who you're throwing it to or who you're giving it to or you know who you're playing against you know they might be covered too but they're you know whatever their whole four of their defense you know they're never blitzing but all four of their defense alignment are, are going division one I mean how important personnel is in the NFL is probably something that, that I enjoy listening to the most because um, it's easy as a coach to forget that and think that it's, it's scheme above everything. Yeah, and every week it is a, is a new season. That's what it feels like because you can watch, you know, stuff they did for the last three weeks and then – or three of the four weeks they did this, but the one week they did this, and you're like, oh, man, so we got to prepare for both. And then, I mean, every week is literally its own season. So every week you got to be on your A game and expect the uh, unexpected. and um rely on their history if they're a former defense coordinator other places you know what do they do who's their coaching tree where does that stem from I mean it's just it's a lot of fun um every week is it's like Christmas because you get to learn so much new stuff every 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 team's different like um you know the Seattle tree um with the 49ers defense coordinator doing some really good stuff Seattle's still doing good stuff I mean that that tree has kind of grown. Gus Bradley, the um, the Falcons. I mean, I mean it's kind of all over the place. But every team is different, and every scheme is different because their players and and their matchups and what they feel like gives them the best chance to win on Sunday. So every week is like it's so much fun and it, it's a lot um, to prepare for, but it's definitely rewarding. It's got to be crazy too. I mean, just like same thing with you know D, DBs, you know nickels, dimes, nickel linebackers. And then at the same time, I mean, you see guys get hurt every week. So now it's, you know, what's the injury report? Is this guy in? Is this guy out? I mean, that's yeah, that, got to get crazy, that's, too. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. Because injury reports, you know, obviously, I think the NFL rules, you have to do that every day after practice. Yep. Show who practiced. What's doubtful mean? What does, um, you know, maybe mean? You know, what does probable mean? Yeah, questionable. I'm like, oh, man. 
what, what does this even mean? You know, is he going to play or not? <laughs> <laughs> so they got prepared for the next guy. You know, that, that, that's been fun. That's, that's always a, uh, that's always a fun uh, curveball to go through. But it's, at the end of the day, it's about, you know, the players. It's not about the X's and O's, you know. That's, that's the bottom line in the story. Well, it was, it was funny, you know, you talked about um, just real quick, you know, you were talking about, th- you know, the ba- some of the backup quarterbacks and, and looking for signals. And I know, you know, you weren't talking about this, but uh, the funniest story I have on signals in college was we're playing East Carolina. And at the time, um, it was Lincoln Riley. So Lincoln Riley was the OC at East Carolina. Well, they hadn't changed any other signals. So they had all the same signals as us. So our, our third string freshman quarterback is over there. Um, and, and he's screaming out to our defense, you know, every single play that, that East Carolina's running. Um, and we ended up, you know, killing East Carolina that year. Uh, and it was, it was just really funny that um, it, how similar some of those offenses were uh, and, and how easy it was to pick some of those signals up in college. Uh, and then the next year, East Carolina crushed us. And, and I don't think it mattered if we knew their signals or not. They're a lot better than us. But uh, just a kind of a funny – Funny things that you remember when when you're playing. Well, the Big Twelve, my fresh. I mean, I guess. I mean that that whole league is air raid. So yeah, Sunny mm-hmm. Cumbie at TCU, who was with me my freshman year. Oklahoma State, my my Gundy, Dana was there. West Virginia, Dana was there. Neil Brown's there now. Um, you know, so El Cajoma, Lincoln. So like every week, I mean, you had you had to kind of be aware of what the TV copy gave away or. You know, what can, What are we going to play? What are we going to run this lot of? Okay, let's have two signals for that because they know this. Um, so, yeah, that was – in college, that was definitely – that was definitely crazy. I always loved lock it up. I always wanted to lock it up more. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very rare. Um, it was. Used, but highly effective. Suddenly <laughs> used, highly effective. Well, kind of, you know, we've, we've taken a lot of your time, and I know you're, you know, ready to get – be done with football maybe for a few days uh, with such, you know, a long off season. But um, before we let you go, kind of the question I ask everybody, uh, you've mentioned a few really good offensive line coaches. Um, what are some things that you think make an offensive line coach um, a good offensive line coach? Yeah, I mean, I've been around a lot of them, and I haven't been around a bad one, to be honest with you. They've all been really, really good, and they've all been vastly different. different. Um, scheme wise or philosophy wise um, but the bottom line is uh, they have tough love and they always put their players first I mean they they would they would if there was um, they would jump in front of the guy if they were getting shot at I mean they 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 love their dudes they'll go to the war for their guys doesn't matter if you're the starter or the fifth string left tackle I mean they they all love them because they all know that they don't get the recognition that they deserve because they are number one most important positions on the field, not even close. It all starts with the O-line and D-line. That's what football is made of. And um, coaches that really care about their players and want them to succeed. And when they do succeed, they're there to love them up. When they don't succeed, they're there to help them. I mean, what, what more can you ask, you know, to maximize a player's potential? And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to, again, thank all of our sponsors. You guys, make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.